Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. We had that uh, hymn sung at our wedding some 34 plus years ago. I tell people, 30 of the best years of my life. No, all 34 have been just, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful delight. Hey, here we are, back in, the, back in the sanctuary, worshiping together corporately. This is wonderful. Uh, and I know, that, uh, I know that there are those of you who are at home uh, who are longing to return as well. Um, and you know what? No pressure. We, we're going we're gonna to be here when you're ready to come back, and, and we hope that's sooner than soon. Uh, but the reality is that worship, corporate worship, is going to look uh, very different for, for a while. Uh, you know, we were, we were reminiscing before the service started, and, uh, uh, you know, gosh, uh, miss, uh, miss the choir, uh, and... Uh, you know, and the, the different elements of the of the worship, and and of course we know that you know, there are some people who prefer a more traditional uh, worship experience, and uh, there are others who prefer a more uh, contemporary uh, uh, worship experience. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful here at Grand Memorial that under normal circumstances we were able to do both. Uh, when when COVID hit, we we kind of conflated uh, the two. Obviously, you can't have a choir. I mean, that's where there were some uh, problems early on with choirs and in in all of this. So you can't do that. Uh, but we've uh, uh, as as we've tried to uh, bring the two services together, the first service and the second service, the traditional service and uh, the contemporary service. Uh, uh, we, we, we obviously we, we have we, if we want music we've got to uh, use the contemporary uh, instruments that are available to us. Although we're grateful to have Norman and his ability to be both on the organ, yeah, yeah, uh, and 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 the piano. But uh, as we as we do this as we do this blended service, and it truly is a a blended service. Uh, actually, there are more elements in our service this morning that we're live streaming. There are more elements from the 9 o'clock traditional worship service than there are from the uh, 1030 blended service. So uh, we're doing the best we can. We know that the, that, that doesn't make, you're not going to, you, you can never make everybody happy because we like what we like when we like it. And uh, and unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, uh, even before all this COVID nonsense, uh, uh, worship wars were not uncommon in congregations. Uh, I can still remember. I can, <laughs> I can still remember early, early, early in my in my ministry when I was actually when I was still going to school when I was a youth director at a small church up in the up in the Bay Area, and. Uh, uh, the pastor actually played drums, and so he had a set of drums that he brought into the sanctuary. And uh, uh, one of the members of the congregation uh, said that drums in the sanctuary was evil-looking. And it's like, 
So I said to the pastor, you know, you need to do something about those evil drums. But, uh, you know, it, as, as we go back and forth, uh, I think it's so important for us to take a step back uh, when we talk about worship uh, and, and really understand what worship is all about. In reality, what we are doing together right now is a very small, important, but small component of what it means to be a people who worship the true and living God. Now, if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to open them to the 12th chapter of Romans. Yay! Uh, you know, we've, uh, we've worked our way through that, those three parenthetical chapters, 9, 10, and 11, uh, but we've also worked our way through uh, chapters 1 through 11. And, uh, and the, these are very uh, doctrine-heavy uh, chapters. Paul has a theology that he wants the church in Rome to wrap its mind around. He's dealing with, uh, with Christians who are Jewish background believers and Christians who are Gentile background believers, and they're wrestling with the place of the law and trying to understand uh, grace and mercy and all that. I wrote down this week a concise review of Romans chapters 1 through 11. And, and I'm going to give it to you right now. And this review, this concise review of these 11 chapters, I'm going to give it to you in less than 60 seconds. Are you ready? Chapters 1 through 11, book of Romans. With or without the law, all sin. It is self-evident. The law gives an advantage to one who desires to flourish in life. But in the end, all receive grace by faith. Always have, always will. The result is peace with God. But wait, there's more. The Holy Spirit has come to us to help us transform into the image of God. Judaism is the soil and the vine into which we have been engrafted. Therefore, be grateful and be humble. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, you know, it's pretty concise, but there it is. Uh, and, and so we, that's chapters 1 through 11. Now we get to chapter, now we get to chapter 12, and uh, we're working on these first two verses here. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans chapters, chap, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And whenever you, know, it's whenever you see that word, therefore, and it starts off, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, therefore. Whenever you see a therefore, you have to ask, what's it there for? Uh, and, and, it's, and it's basically Paul has built his theological argument. 
He has, he has unpacked what it means to be a community uh, with people who have come together from different backgrounds, sometimes even different faith experiences. But we come together as one in the name of Jesus Christ. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we receive grace and mercy and are declared, we are declared righteous by God. That is a forensic uh, legal definition that has been given to us. Uh, and, and so as he unpacks all of this, the big question is, so what? What does it mean? I have a, a friend who uses that tagline in every one of his sermons. Uh, uh, in every one of his sermons, he, he, he gets to a point and then he says, and, 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 and what next? And the whole congregation yells out at him, so What? What does it, you know, what does it mean? What difference does it make? Now that we know all this, now that we have all this great theology, now that we have begun to untangle the mystery of God, recognizing that God is the legitimate mystery in our lives, what then? Well, Paul's going to tell us. He says, because of all this stuff, I urge you, I exhort you, I encourage you, I challenge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Remember, mercy. Mercy is when you don't get something you deserve. And we have not received condemnation. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In view of God's mercy, I urge you, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, for the ancient world to hear Paul say those words, it would have been like, like a, a cold, cold glass of water in the face, which you know, right now would be kind of nice. But, uh, I mean, it would certainly startle you. Present your bodies as living sacrifices. In the, in the, in the first century, actually in the ancient world, uh, uh, religion and sacrifice were synonymous. Uh, religious observance in the ancient world was about offering sacrifice. You took something, an animal or whatever it was, you killed it uh, and you offered it up. And, uh, and in the ancient world, the understanding of, of making sacrifices to the, to the gods uh, uh, basically uh, went something like this. Um, if I offer a sacrifice, somehow I'm, I'm going to appease the god to whom I am making an offering. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take care of making sure that, that the god is not angry with me anymore. So my sacrifice is meant to appease uh, uh, the God to whom I am making the offering. But, but it's, also, it's also, I do it on my behalf uh, as, a, as, a, uh, as a statement of my own uh, forgiveness and atonement. I am doing something to atone for my sins, as if the responsibility for that relies, it, it falls on me. So we're, we're appeasing God and we're atoning for our own sins. That was generally the rule uh, back in the ancient pagan world. Now, Judaism comes along and there's a shift. 
There's a shift. Yes, they, they're, they're still given uh, the various sacrifices that they are supposed to make. But the sacrifices are, 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 are a little different. Uh, the motivation behind the sacrifice is a, is a little bit different uh, within Judaism. These are the, the small adjustments that begin to work their way into people's lives as people understand uh, what it means to be in communion with the true and living God. Sacrifice was meant to bring an individual to a place of recognition that they are dependent upon God. Sacrifice was a place uh, where I recognized that I can't do it alone. I am absolutely dependent upon God. The other reason for sacrifice is to communicate to the person offering the sacrifice that sin has consequences. Sin has consequences. And so that, that, that was the role of sacrifice within, within Judaism. But uh, as, we, uh, as we heard Wesley say this morning, uh, and, and if you have ever struggled with sin in your life, uh, at some point you spent some time in Psalm 51. And if you've never spent time in Psalm 51, then mark that as a homework assignment for the week. Uh, it's an incredible passage of, uh, of, of, of remorse and repentance from, uh, from King David. Uh, but uh, that one line that, that, that toward the end of what uh, Wesley read this morning, uh, you, do not del- I, you do not delight in sacrifices or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. And, and then that, that is reiterated in the book of Hosea. Uh, as, uh, as Hosea, there's another fascinating book to read. Uh, Hosea is a prophet, and, uh, uh, and he marries uh, a woman who is, a, who is a, a prostitute. Her name is Gomer. And she is as unfaithful as the day is long. But uh, try as he might, he can do nothing but love her. He just loves her. He just loves her, and his desire is to restore her uh, into, a, into a healthy life and a healthy relationship. And, of course, that, that's the analogy between God and Israel at the time. And in the sixth chapter, uh, he, uh, uh, Hosea writes this. He says, He says, I desire, this is God speaking to an unrepentant Israel, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and the acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. Even back then, it was about faith, not works. Sacrifice in the the Jewish context was so much more meaningful. And now we come to this place where Jesus has, has offered himself as a sacrifice once and for all. No more sacrifice is needed. And so Paul then comes and he says to them, you need to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your, <coughs> this is your spiritual act of worship. To offer yourselves as living sacrifices. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean to offer our bodies as living sacrifices? What does it mean to live? At what point do we worship? 
Do we worship when we arrive uh, in a sanctuary on Sunday morning? Or tune in uh, on, the, on the live stream? Is that, when, is that when our worship begins? No. No, 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 no. A thousand times no. Paul says to offer up your bodies as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, when you offer a dead sacrifice, you take that uh, whatever it is and, 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 and you kill it uh, and you lay it on the altar. <clears throat> Where's it going to go? It's not going anywhere. It's going to stay right where you put it because it's dead. What happens when you take a living sacrifice and put it on the altar? Well, now you're scrambling. Because you put something alive on an altar and it's going to try to scramble off. So you're corralling that, that offering. It's, it's a full-time, 24-7 endeavor to keep that living sacrifice on the altar. Present yourselves as living sacrifices. This is your spiritual act of worship. If you are concentrating on spending all of your time making sure that your living sacrifice doesn't crawl off the altar, then you are engaged at all times in worshiping God. As I live, I worship. As I live, I worship. For the Christian, and for the Christian name Christian, to live is to worship. And to worship is to live. Now, what, what does that look like practically in our lives? I've told you about the painting in Europe. It's a painting of the second coming uh, of the Lord. And as, as, as the Lord is descending, uh, people are rushing to worship and to celebrate the return of Christ. And the, and the, and the baker is arms are full of baked goods. And the, and the tailor is, is running with arms filled with garments. And the engineer is running with plans uh, uh, for, for the engineering feats that have been accomplished. Uh, what, what, the idea behind that is that whatever you do, you do as an act of worship to God. Whatever you do, you do as an act of worship to God. When you wake up in the morning, you thank God that you are alive. That's an act of worship. Bringing every thought captive to Christ is an act of worship. Every single thing that we do 24-7 constitutes an act of worship. As I live, I worship. And I think this is what Paul is, is telling us. He's urging us because of the mercies, the grace that we have received. We've got this Holy Spirit, yay, that because of all this, to present our bodies as living sacrifices, which is our spiritual act of worship. It's every day. It's 24-7. And when we can do that, we begin to step away and look at this hour, and this is a wonderful hour, but the reality is, we're never going to please everybody with what we do in this one hour. But guess what, folks? That's not what this hour is about. 
This hour is not about me getting what I want when I want it. This is an hour for me to come together with brothers and sisters in Christ and worship God in spirit and in truth. Corporately, as a reflection of what I'm doing the rest of the week with my family, with my neighbors, with the people that I work with, whatever it is that I do, I'm worshiping. And I want people to see the excellence that I put into whatever it is that I do because I desire to honor and glorify God. As I live, I worship. But wait, there's more. Now we get into verse 2. Do not, how am I doing here? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. What are the patterns of this world? The patterns of this world are all over the map. Culture does not define reality. Culture does not define reality. Culture is either moving toward reality or it's moving away from reality. Culture in and of itself does not define reality. And yet we live in a culture now that is trying to get everyone in lockstep with one another. And woe be to you if you are out of step with the current culture. They will try to crush you. It's, these are challenging times to live. I thought about having a, uh, 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 some, some, some Play-Doh. Um, my kids had Play-Doh when they were, when they were little, and we had, all these, uh, we had all these forms and all these molds uh, that they could take, and they could stick Play-Doh in there and s- squeeze it together, and then they, then they pull the mold apart, and the, 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 the Play-Doh would take the shape of whatever the mold was that they had in, 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 in their hands. And that's what the world is trying to do. The, the world is trying to mold us from the outside through external pressure. And I think that's what Paul is talking about here when he says, do not be conformed. Do not be molded by the world around you. This is not all there is. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. In this world, you will have challenges. You will have trials. You will have tribulations. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Do not allow this world to mold you and shape you according to its perceptions. It is not reality. Rather, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Conform happens with external pressure. Transform happens inside out. And it begins with the mind. You know, we talk about uh, uh, in, in that Psalm 51, if you should go back and spend some time in there, it'll tell you, uh, uh, you created me a new heart. Oh God, 
and renew a right spirit within me. Those are things that God's willing to do for us. Uh, and, and, I, and I love that image that uh, we, have been, we, have, uh, 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 we have been given a, a heart of flesh. No longer, they've removed, God has removed the heart of stone and replaced it with a, with a new heart, a heart of flesh. And God is desirous to give us that new heart and to give us a, uh, 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 a renewed spirit. But the mind, that's our responsibility. We are told over and over again that we need to renew our, our minds, to be transformed, starting with the renewing of our minds. That means going in there and changing the way that we think. How do we do that? Again, it's a challenge. Anything that you do, uh, what is it? Uh, you do something once, it's, uh, 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 it's a one-off twice, it's a habit. Uh, three times it becomes part of your character, something like that. Uh, something like that. Uh, the reality is if you want to create a new habit in your life, you need to do something for 40 days. If you do something for 40 days, uh, it will absolutely become a habit in your life, and you'll just start doing it without thinking it beyond that. And, and I don't want to be legalistic in any way, shape, or form, but spending time in the Word on a consistent basis, uh, memorizing large swaths of, of Scripture. We've, we've talked about this before, the, the, the chariots of fire guy, uh, uh, Eric, Eric Little, who went on to be a missionary in China, after, after winning the Olympics, he said in a book that he wrote on discipleship, there are, there are four, four bits of scripture that every believer ought to have uh, memorized, memorized so that you can just rattle it off the top of your head, the Ten Commandments. In order, the Ten Commandments. The 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. The Beatitudes, Blessed are the poor in spirit. And the Lord's Prayer. You got that? We already did that one today. Those four, those four uh, passages of Scripture, not individual verses. And, and you, this, there's a guy up in Orange County, he says, never read a single verse of Scripture. Always, we, always read a paragraph. Uh, uh, and if you don't understand the paragraph, read the chapter. If you don't understand the chapter, read the whole book. 90% of all the questions that you will have about any particular verse in Scripture will be answered if you take the time to prayerfully read it in context. Reading Scripture is how we begin to transform our mind. We put new things into our minds. Uh, this, this one guy said uh, his parents were not believers, and his mom said, I think you're just being brainwashed. I think you're being brainwashed. He said, Mom, if you knew what was in my brain, you'd think it needed to be washed. You know, and so, uh, uh, what, you know, what do you see when you close your eyes? What, 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 what pictures are hanging on the walls of your mind? You know, sometimes there needs to be some, uh, you need to take those pictures down and put new pictures up. Uh, uh, maybe change the wallpaper out, put some scripture up there. Uh, this is one of the, one of the real blessings of meditating uh, on, on scripture, particularly the events of Jesus' life. Uh, that we see in the gospel. As you, as you read those narrative passages of Scripture, insert yourself in and just imagine, just think about uh, you know, uh, Jesus 
uh, with the woman at the well uh, and that conversation and, and how hot it was and how tired he is and it's hot and it's dusty and you're parched and, and you want some water and, and there's a woman that's drawing and you don't know her and Jesus comes up and, you're, 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 and his disciples go off to buy some food and then you listen to this interchange between Jesus and, and this woman at the well and, and just you have a front row seat. And just imagine, visualize it. What does it look like? What, what does it smell like? What does it feel like? That's how you meditate on Scripture. And, 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 you, and you, begin to, you begin to develop some resources in your mind that you can go to when you find yourself drifting to places where you ought not to go. Renew your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the conflict and the challenge that we face each and every day because the world is trying to influence the choices that we make. From the moment you get up, you pick up a newspaper. The newspaper is trying to inform and and help you to make choices. Uh, When you turn on the television, if you think that there's a program out there that's on television that does not have an agenda, then you're living in another world. Every single program has an agenda. News, no longer news, it's entertainment. There's an agenda there. When you listen to the radio, uh, uh, all the advertisements, oh my gosh, advertising, they're trying, to, they're trying to shape you, mold you. The songs, they're trying to shape you, mold you. What's that song that uh, the kids uh, sing? Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. It is going in, uh, and it is, it, is, it is trying to get a foothold into your life. And they do it so subtly, uh, uh, so, so, so casually, almost nonchalant. But don't ever think that you can drop your guard. There is nothing, uh, uh, there's... there's there, there's, not, there, there's no innocent entertainment anymore. Therefore, and that's one of the great things about Right Now Media. It, 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 is a, it is an avenue for you to begin putting stuff in your mind that is Christ-centered, that is helping you to transform by the renewing of your mind, to change some of those scenes, that wallpaper, the pictures that you're carrying. Because everything else, and that's a lot of everything else, is trying to get you on board with the cultural mandate and the programs of the day. As Christians, as followers of Christ, it has never been more imperative for us to resist being conformed to the world around us and to the patterns that are emerging and to transform ourselves by the renewing of our minds. And we don't do it alone. That's the cool part. We have that Holy Spirit that's at work within us, helping us uh, uh, to engage in activities that really do change us. But the change starts internally, and then it works its way out into our hands and our heart so that we learn to love what God loves, that we learn to struggle with what God, you know, that we hate what God hates. Uh, and, that, and that we understand what mercy and compassion is, that we begin to sacrifice for one another, to help each other, to serve one another the way that Jesus served us. Those are all the things that go into being a follower of Christ. And it's more than, we have a fire uh, uh, truck right across the street. It's more than just an hour on Sunday morning. 
And then there's this tagline, this tagline here that's, uh, that's a little bit challenging uh, in verse 2. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We went round and round on that uh, yesterday morning in the men's Bible study trying to figure out what, is, what in the world is Paul telling us here? You will be able to test and approve. And some other uh, translations just says, uh, 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 and, and, and thus you will prove what is the, uh, the good and, and acceptable, uh, pleasing, perfect will of God. What is he saying there? I, we may never know fully and completely this side of eternity, but what I think that Paul is telling us there, that uh, as we sacrifice uh, as we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, as we resist being conformed to the world, as we engage in transforming our mind, uh, uh, transform, transforming ourselves through the renewing of our minds, we will physically see a change in our lives that will result in an abundant life, that will result in, 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 in life flourishing at its best and that doesn't mean that all our problems are solved, but it just means that we have a, a, a coping mechanism and a contentment that allows us to take the world, however it comes at us, uh, uh, whether it's an it's a, a illness, a, a, a disease, a, a financial struggle, a difficult person in our lives, a, a, COVID, vac, a COVID virus, whatever it is that, that, that bombards us, uh, we, we, we've, we've cultivated and developed the skills and the transformation to be able to move through that with a peace that is beyond our understanding. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And this is just the first part. These are just the first two verses, and we're t- five minutes after 10. And so I'm going to close. Pray with me. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. Don't forget, next week is Communion Sunday. Bring your uh, things. If you need to pick something up, you can pick it up out there. Uh, normally, I, I, I go back and forth between the, uh, uh, the, the English Standard Version and the, the uh, 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 NIV, the uh, yeah, New International Version. Thank you. You learn all these acronyms, you forget what the words are. Uh, and, but there are, there are dozens of translations. And if you go to BibleGateway.com, you can pull up a verse, and then you can just kind of click through all the various translations. Uh, and sometimes that's helpful, especially if you're reading a passage and it's like, eh, I'm kind of wrestling with the wording on that a little bit. And uh, 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 Kathy Ellis uh, sent this to me. I said, two Sundays in a row, Kathy, two, uh, that, uh, that I have uh, talked about you, with your permission. Uh, she sent me this translation of Romans uh, 12, 1 and 2 from J.B. Phillips' translation, which is more of a paraphrase than it is a, a translation. But listen, listen to how he translates these two verses. With eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers and sisters, as an act of intelligent worship, Give him your bodies as a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice the plan of God for you is good, meets all of his demands, 
and moves toward the goal of true maturity. Great words. If we can do that, we, are, we will find ourselves living in the kingdom of God. And I can't think of a better place to be.